Welcome to the podcast, Becoming Goddess Again. I'm your host, Yogi Vanessa. I am a clairsentient psychic healer, kundalini yoga teacher, bioenergetic healer, and spiritual life coach. After writing my first book, Living in the Magic of Life, which you can find on my website, yogivanessa.com. This podcast was born out of my observation of the world around me, working with medicine women, shaman, and healers. I will continue to do this interviewing people from around the world so that we can all find our authentic voice. It is now our time to awaken and become conscious. Please comment below or check out my website yogivanessa.com. Thank you for joining me. You can join me on every first and third Monday of every month. Now let's get to the show. I am more than happy to welcome another beautiful goddess to the show, Carlotta Mastroianni, who I recently had the great pleasure to connect with at a woman's circle, and we were celebrating her new book, The Modern Medicine Woman, A Path to Wholeness. She led us on a wonderful guided meditation, and we got to experience her lovely shamanistic abilities. I am so grateful to her for allowing me some time out of her busy life with her one-year-old to interview her in our magical valley of Ojai. Let us welcome Carlotta. Welcome. Thank you. And this book is amazing. The Modern Medicine Woman. I love that you wrote A Path to Wholeness because we often play with names these days. Wellness, wholeness, um, mindfulness, all of these things, but it really is in line with becoming goddess again Mm -hmm. to feel whole as a woman. So Mm -hmm. jumping right in, How do you, on your own level, jump into feeling whole on a daily basis? Wow. (laughs) For me, it's the connection with nature and the connection with my own ritual, daily ritual. They're linked because when I sit down in the mornings or whenever I get the chance really nowadays, I sit and I allow myself to open up to my interdimensional self, reconnecting to nature and to the elements. If I can't be out in nature, I'll do it by summoning their energy. And that helps me feel more connected and more, a little bit more whole. It's a start. And so when you say whole, do you, what exactly do you mean by whole? Because I know there is, it's, it's so powerful to be able to do all of that already, to know how to do that already. I think most people, most women aren't really there yet to be able to call upon those energies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then when we go outside and we take a walk, we do connect with nature and we know that we feel better. But you seem to feel so much more powerful that if you are outside, you may be having a different experience maybe than the rest of us, a more powerful experience. Or, you know, what does that feel like to feel connected and whole? Well, the... um the feeling of connection comes from being really connected to the earth and really connected to the sky and being able to to walk between these two places. 
but what that is really relating to is the wholeness within and what that means to me is being um, alive and awake enough to uh, to who I am um, by bringing together the inner masculine and feminine the inner earth and sky within and as you just quite rightly said it is quite a process that involves a lot of alchemical healing a lot of inner alchemy and it's a process that happens over time so do you include time and space in the linear form <laughs> or do you is it more mm -hmm. of an, a personal thing where time and space aren't really there I know that's a little esoteric mm -hmm. but I love simply esoteric. curious <laughs> <laughs> well I think um I think that as human beings we need time to digest our experiences and so there's a very real um, there's a very real process that we go through of looking at our shadow of alchemizing our shadow and of going into those more descending realms and being able to look them you know look our uh, past in the eye and just really be able to digest the experiences that have come our way um, that's a huge part of being whole and I think that can't really be rushed and um, a lot of the time this was definitely my path as well you know is to go up to the um, to go and seek solace in the ascending realms only to find that there are still some gaps uh, and certainly in my case I needed to go deeper down into the harder stuff of life and the shadow and the things that that I didn't want to look at in order to feel whole again. Wow, okay, so let's go back a little bit. What has your journey, without being overly graphic as whatever you're comfortable with, what has been your journey to where you're at now? Mm-hmm. My journey essentially has been from feeling quite numb for most of my life and quite disconnected. I grew up in um, Milan, between Milan and London, but I grew up in a very Catholic household. Um, we weren't really supported at home with understanding our emotions or understanding our bodies and it, um, it showed up for me as a kind of numbness. Um, and that went on well into my 20s and so this journey of awakening for me started with kundalini yoga when I was in Rome I just stumbled across a class and um, it's quite rare in Rome to find a kundalini uh, class and it certainly was back then and I started that journey and eventually became a teacher and that certainly awoke in me um, that was my first experience of alchemy of using my inner energy to alchemize and it introduced me to the chakra system and to understanding how to work with the energy in my body but it didn't feel like it was um, where I needed to stay so I looked into feminine forms of energy and I studied the female orgasm and orgasmic energy um, which is similar 
it is kundalini energy hmm. but in, in female in womb cosmology okay. it is it, it just has a different shape and a different way of alchemizing so that was in a way the feminine and the masculine coming together for Beautiful. me um, did you have a teacher for that or did you work with some sort of a healer for or no i actually for... studied orgasmic meditation okay and i was taught by nicole daydone and um what is that i've never heard of that before it is um it's an organization called one taste who was teaching at the time orgasmic meditation um and had running coaching programs wow mm -hmm. and this is all in rome no this is way after after i studied my kundalini course okay um so uh, i started in london and came out to new york to do the coaching program and so you've been on this specific path for a while then Yes, so then that opened up what I call my natural shamanic abilities, and uh, which is my way of saying that as women we all have natural, a natural connection to nature, to the earth, to a sensing and feeling, uh, and an, an instinctive, almost animalist, animalistic, you know, way of of feeling into our environments, um, and so that was a real awakening and I did shamanic studies after that um, studying with my teacher Teresa Jane here at Earth School and with Rita Harris in London both women teachers and so I started to trust in these abilities more and more and it all came together for me because this awakening for me was very much just all about getting in contact with orgasmic life force with kundalini life force and so when you say alchemy and you talk about that shift that energetic right it's energetic transformation really did you was it like an immediate difference after the very first time or was it a slow alchemy wonderful question it was quite a slow alchemy to begin with, with Kundalini Yoga. It's part of how the, the yoga works, as you probably know, that you, you do the discipline and it just gives you that drop of Kundalini awakening every time. So it's kind of a slow, more controlled way of awakening, which I can completely understand. There is need for that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the orgasmic meditation was really like a torch, <laughs> just suddenly blasted everything open and that was a huge tsunami and uh, of emotions and navigating this wow. incredible yeah the incredible force of this alchemy so that was a quite a rough ride in many ways was it controllable because as i don't know orgasm is not very controllable <laughs> no it just uh, went where it wanted to go and it was it went into all those deep pockets um where there was stuck energy and just yeah just blasted them straight out of my system so it felt quite rough and um definitely i was extremely grateful for having studied kundalini yoga because it was the container that allowed me to work with that amount of fire wow that is profound 
Yes. My gosh. Preparing the body before you work with the fire is essential. That's so funny that you say that because I was interviewing a friend of mine in the last podcast and we we were almost joking that masculine energy men need to be that container yeah. <laughs> for us as women and let us do what we need to do. It's almost like in childbirth. Um, yes. You know, we're the ones that are going to be able to get the baby from the inside to the outside. So the man has to either support us or step out of the way type of thing. Yes. But it's so funny that you say that, and I'm, I'm so fascinated by just that whole image, that whole concept Yes. Yeah. So is that the divine feminine and the divine masculine? That it is that feel, what it should be? Yes, yes, absolutely. There's the container that um, is able to hold the depth of the chaos and that's the, the wild part of the feminine and the deeper, the more that we are held, the deeper we can go. That's true. Yep. Wow. <laughs> so amazing. So how would a regular someone who doesn't practice kundalini or orgasmic mm -hmm. meditation, how could a woman, you know, going to work every day mm -hmm. relate to being able to find this? Or maybe we should define what it is, mm -hmm. in your opinion, to have that divine feminine be awakening mm -hmm. within you. Yeah. What do you think that looks like? Yeah. I believe it's about reconnecting to the feminine way of living, to navigating the world through our innate sense of bliss and pleasure. So one way of reconnecting to the feminine is to begin to move the energy and follow your pleasure. And it can be very difficult for a woman to even reconnect to what her basic desire is. So there are tools that support you both to practice asking for what you want, receiving what you want, tools for helping you slowly come into the depths of your desire and to really feel it and be able to act upon it, combined with different practices that just move your internal energy. And these can be practices like dancing, I love dancing, um, it can be Tantra, a yoni egg practice, it can be different things. I sometimes find that singing is also a wonderful way to move energy and, um, and also any practices that really connect you to nature. Through our chakras, when our chakras are open and when we've done s some work to clear um, just enough that we can feel um, that we can feel our bodies a little bit. So not numb. Well, it, well yes. I mean, you know, who, everyone's experience is different. I mean, you could feel numb and go and talk to a tree outside and you might feel something. So everyone's experience is different. But I believe that it's easier to really absorb everything, all the elements of nature, when our chakras are open. Absolutely. So we get to really resonate with nature and we 
we can feel a part of her again. And I believe Mother Nature is the ultimate alchemist and um, has so much orgasmic life force. And so for us to be able to tap into that in a natural way is very powerful. I'm simply thinking about all these fires that just happened mm -hmm. in Malibu and then up north and just even last year here in Ohio. Yeah. So yes, she is the most powerful alchemist probably. Yeah. And to notice that, maybe even realizing that, you know, it's, it's so hard to look away from a fire. And so it really brings it down to your heart to be able to say, I see this fire happening and I'm so grateful for the changes. I know some people that lost their homes and it may be challenging, but as you said, we all have to sort of get there, right? In our own way with the help of mother nature and the energies, but it's so important for all of us to get to that point. And I know so many women that to get in touch with their bodies, they have to drink mm -hmm. or, you know, mm -hmm. smoke something or do drugs. Mm -hmm. And maybe talk a little bit about how it could be for a woman who doesn't know anything different mm -hmm. and trying to find sort of that stability and even an inroad into her own body from her mind. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I know so many of my friends in LA, they get mm -hmm. up, they go to work, they take care of their kids, they drive their kids. We're so blessed here in Ojai to sort of have a small town amongst the Southern California life. But I, I really do see that they're not creating any sort of ritual, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a cup of tea in the morning <laughs> is the most they can do. And so how can a woman really get from there to maybe opening herself up to dancing without drinking or, or singing and making those cracks be very profound, mm -hmm. even though they're incremental, but very profound with whatever ritual someone may choose. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the tea ritual, <laughs> by the way, when done with intention, and a little bit of stillness and space can actually be a good way to to get into a meditative state and reconnect to the body. Um, anything that you can do in stillness, even if it's just for five minutes, to really listen inwards can help a connection. And intention and imagination are extremely important to activate these abilities that we have. Um, I feel to say this is where the womb would come in for me, um, that I believe that the womb is really where we hold our power as women and where we hold all of our, well, all of our hurts and betrayals and all of the difficulties that we've been through, but it's also where our power lies. And it's also the seat of our soul. I really believe that there's a landscape in our womb that tells so many stories. And when we can reconnect to that as women, it's really like coming home. And so if approaching your sexuality and working with orgasmic energy or nature feels a bit too 
out there or wild or you know you're hard to connect to then you can start with three to five minutes a day really sitting with your womb and just being able to be present with her and ask her if there's anything that she has to tell you and it's incredible how much as women we really don't do that we we forget to talk to our wombs to to really be present with them and they have so much to tell us and you'd be amazed at women who have never even really meditated before who in circle will be like oh I heard this message or wow. I saw this incredible landscape and it's so telling of where of where we are and so I believe that the womb really holds our deep magic as women and when we really begin to trust that we're listening to her messages then we might feel more confident with our um, our intuitive abilities in life so just to clarify this is an individual process, right? Mm -hmm. This is not as a partner. No, with so yourself. So for those who yeah. are married, this is not like having orgasm with right. your partner. This is about... Yes, that's so important. Yes, thank you. So I'm talking about orgasm not as in climax, but as in life force energy. And every person has their own flavor of life force energy. I call it their medicine. Oh, that's cute. And um, your, your medicine, it really just is exactly that. Like it's the flavor of what you have to bring to that. your environment. Yeah. That reminds me of Mary Poppins. You know, when oh, she's serving that. the kids <laughs> medicine. Right. And it comes out green for one and then <laughs> orange for the other. Yes. I love that. I love to think of it as like a magical potion, like your brand of medicine. And when you really know what yours is, and all the different uh, colors and flavors and it's like a whole kaleidoscope of sensations and then that is that makes it easier it certainly made it easier for me to you know just be um, just enjoy spreading my magic in the world and uh, enjoy being me which is a, a really huge thing it's not so so easy to um, to really know who we are. I'm still definitely in the process, you know, it's like orgasmic energy. It just has peaks and troughs. It doesn't really ever end. All right, yeah. so now we're going to get into the esoteric <laughs> part because yeah. you just keep leading me there and I, I can't wait. <laughs> in your experience, have you understood that you know, you kind of, you know who you are. You feel the self-confidence and you, you may not know where you're going or what you're becoming, but do you feel that there is maybe that universal consciousness that is helping guide you forward? Or um, does it feel differently to you? Do you feel like you're more commanding of where you want to go as more of a like serious co-creator? How do you um, cultivate that divine feminine and stay balanced with all that is? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love that. <clears throat> well, um, I do like to imagine myself as a sorceress, I suppose. 
on Becoming Goddess Again, I always invite my guests to choose a goddess card from my oracle deck. Today, Carlotta Mastroianni chose Rhiannon, the sorceress, a magical person who can manifest her clear intentions into reality. She is a lunar Welsh goddess, and that's what she's referring to here. So I think of myself creating from my womb I think we had even talked about this before, like Grandmother Spider, you know, just mm. um, creating a web as strong as steel around me in my environment and being able to draw to me everything that I need, or obviously always giving thanks and giving back and having the correct feedback loop um, and really imagining this web going far and wide. This is as far as what I like to call the 3D is concerned. Right. Then there is also <laughs> what I love to call the cosmic womb that I love to connect with too. And that is essentially where all things are created. And okay. so there I, yes, I, I like and do enjoy bringing my um, consciousness up to the cosmic womb as well. And then we're going into the realm of sacred geometry and working with the goddesses absolutely um, to be guided by them and to um, to bring in some of their qualities into my life, into my everyday life. So I, I draw from all realms. I really think this is what the medicine woman is about. It's drawing from the earth womb and so working with the underbelly of the world, drawing from your physical womb and the powers that you hold within your body and then also working with the cosmic womb. And so what does that look like in your mind? <laughs> you know, I mean like it is sort of for me I compartmentalize very mm -hmm. much to keep sort of, you know, everything in its place and organize. I'm a big organizer. So drawing from mother earth and feeling that visual for me seeing that visual of the mother earth womb and then coming into my womb and then the cosmic womb how do you is it sort of like a connect the dots where your your mind is like i begin here and then i go through me or right. like what does that look like for you mm -hmm. it depends on how i'm feeling that day um it might depend on where i am sometimes i'm feeling a real um not push but uh, I'm sort of I'm being solicited by my guides to work more with my third eye maybe and work more with sort of the energies of my upper chakras to work with the cosmic womb other times I really need the grounding and the nourishment and safety that I get from Mother Earth and some days I just need to be a woman and really, really <laughs> be with myself and my sadness or grief or excitement or joy or sensuality and that feels like it comes from my, my body, from my womb womb. <laughs> from your physical body. From my physical body. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so it really is, is it kind of a thing where you have to know yourself really well? Yeah, uh, these are all amazing questions <laughs> that I've not thought of before. <laughs> um, yes, 
I, I believe that I've come to a place where I have a certain ease with holding both. So I just sort of see myself in the middle, sort of holding, you know, the, the earth and sky. And um, that's very Greek. Yeah, there's something there's about Greek. that motion that <laughs> comes or to me. Yes, which I've been connecting to more oh, wow. as well, funny enough. On my Mediterranean roots, but oh, yes. this kind of feeling, you know, um, and again, I want to repeat, like, you know, there's so much more for me to learn and practice. I'm not by any oh. means saying that I've arrived, um, but there is a kind of, okay, I've practiced this, uh, I've practiced that, and I'm getting a feel for what they, all the different things feel like, um, and now I can tune in and see what it is that I need, yeah, or where a particular thought is coming from even, or a particular feeling in my body. So when you spoke earlier about your guides, do you, do you hear them or do you feel them? Mm, I'm a feeler, I'm definitely a feeler, so I used to feel them a lot and for a very long time I wasn't a, a visual in any way, um, so I've started to see them more recently in the last few years just allowing myself to open up that um, or to allow it really to allow that kind of magic because it was very scary for me for a very long time so feeling was a safer option that's yeah. amazing that's really intense mm -hmm. I'm not there yet <laughs> Seeing is definitely, I can't, I won't handle that for a little while. Yeah. Do you hear me? I'm not ready. <laughs> for sure. Not yet. Yeah. And when I say see, I don't mean that I can always see them just standing next to me. Um, they, they might appear in my dreams or in very spe special and specific meditations. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not one of That's a little more totally subtle. open okay. and like it's just kind of, yeah, totally jamming with my spirit guides it's uh, okay yeah all right I can relate to that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so let's shift a little bit to what it might feel like for you on a very individual level so having that divine feminine and that divine masculine within you and then in your day-to-day -day life perhaps you know how do you create that space for yourself within yourself to vacillate from those sort of masculine energies and mm. the feminine energies and, you know, do you alchemize them mm. as often as you can or mm. are you comfortable in the divine masculine? Mm. Wow, That yeah. type of thing. Yeah, that's a wonderful consideration, uh, how we bring that into our everyday lives. Um, so I've... I feel that I can recognize the parts of me that are masculine, the parts of me that are more feminine. And I used to live more in the masculine. Now I would say I live more in the feminine, but I know how to activate my masculine. Being a filmmaker, you probably know what I mean. So um, it's being present to the fact that both of these energies are within me. We all have these energy with us, within us, regardless of whether we're male or female or however we identify these energies are present within us and um, so to be able to work with them and also recognize them in other people mm -hmm. um, in your friends and your partner and to not 
shame someone because they're too much and they're feminine or too much and they're masculine, but to recognize what those gifts are. And then there's a deep, there's a deeper sense of union. So coming to the union of your masculine and feminine is extremely profound because what I believe we're talking about there is union within your womb, which is the sacred grail, which mm. is very, very deep um, work that brings you to non-separation. So that is, I think, the ultimate, our ultimate goal is, as humans, in a way. So I mean, how deep does the, does the rabbit hole go? Right. I mean, for me, get, getting to union is like getting to gnosis, is having a perfectly healed and alchemized womb where masculine and feminine are united. Wow, is that um, That's possible? the dream. I mean, are twin flames possible? You know, it's that's the journey, the sacred union. And it's, it's a gift to be able to walk that path. And I feel that I'm constantly going back to, to work on that piece. I work on it with my partner every time we're going through a very difficult time and we're in that alchemical container of marriage which is one of the most intense you could be in. Um, I also work with it every time I'm, I can see that my feminine is rejecting the masculine. That happens often. What does that look like? It's typically that it's rejecting the, um, the harder parts of life, in my case. Um, Any time that I'm wanting to spiritually bypass mm -hmm. or work with the goddess because I don't really want to look at all these like really difficult things that are happening in my life. Uh, I kind of get whacked over the head with that one. Um, it's the masculine holds a lot of protection and structure and realness <laughs> that sometimes I like to escape from. Um, and, and I want to sort of push it away and, uh, or, or be angry with it. Like I was angry with the patriarchy for so long, angry with the church, angry with everything that made a woman feel impure. As I had so much of that in my early childhood and my early adulthood. And so all this anger still you know, comes up in different forms, mm -hmm. but sometimes I notice, oh, it's still there. And so I have to work with that because, and I talk about this in the book, like that for me is, all about this new feminine age that we're going into. It's just really being able to heal that divide and not come from anger and not come from an aggressive um, activist viewpoint, although that really served its purpose in our history, but just really be being able to find that love again for the masculine. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, that's very challenging. For me as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Most women in this time, the whole Me Too movement right. is that backlash of anger. It's still happening. Yeah. It's still happening. And I can understand that we still need to go into those places and still need to look at that. Yeah. Um, this is really powerful. So for, for all of us women and men listening to be able to come back into some sort of a homeostasis in your opinion or in your experience as a medicine woman, how long should one stay in that realm 
before they realize this is what needs healing yeah. type of thing. Mm-hmm. So like with anything, there's um, shorter routes and longer routes, and it really depends on your personal soul's journey when you decide or when you're willing to wake up to that split that is within. And I want to take this back really to the esoteric root of it, which is, um, for me, it's really a split within our sexual energy. And I believe we need to go back to becoming whole again, to to, um, looking at where our sexual energy has split off within us and um, to to come back. If you imagine the sexual energy like a fire that wants to go from your root chakra all the way up um, in a process of awakening, mm-hmm. it will find, might find distortions as it goes along. And um, there are processes that that help you go through the distortions or witness them in a way that allows the fire to to not have any obstacles to kind of flow. That's very esoteric. Um, but I believe these splits are in more concrete terms around our sense of shame or impurity or, you know, we're too much. Um, all of these different things. And when the feminine and masculine are both healed, sexually speaking, then they can dance in a really, really beautiful dance within us and also without. And so how does that feel? That wholeness, uh, it feels... Well, let's just talk about the sexual energy Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, you've even said in the book that even the words orgasm and alchemy... Mm -hmm. It yes. is a very, it's very sensual, it's very private and, you know, dark, like within a human being, all of those emotions, all of those feelings, all of those mm. energies, even energy may be masculine, but for me, it's very, I feel it in a very feminine way. So mm. when you talk about how it's a sexual energy, just to bring it back to what does that feel like? Is, mm. is it truly sexual mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. right so the so female energy female sexual energy when it's um when it's coming from a whole place feels fluid and magnetic and inclusive and it is incredibly seductive without being manipulative so it's almost mesmerizing in its beauty and radiance and there is there is a way that you can hold your energy and be that for the masculine without manipulating or trying to grab or hook so there's um, a real purity in that sensuality for the masculine there is a sense of that wholeness, I believe, looks like sense of stability and wanting to protect. It's also incredibly, it doesn't feel threatening, but it feels powerful. And you can, you could probably think about different traditions where the masculine and the feminine has been described in these ways. Mm-hmm. 
when the dark masculine is integrated, it feels a certain way. When the dark feminine is integrated, it feels a certain way. So we're just integrating our dark and our light again to become whole. Do you think imbalance is necessary for balance? As in polarities in this mm -hmm. three-dimensional? Um, well, I think that I think that we probably incarnate because we need to deal, we need to look <laughs> at all these polarities and all these things that feel wonky in our life to to try to come to um, a place of fullness and stillness with it all. I think it's part of the soul's journey. Okay. If we if we came here without any of this, well, to me, we'd just be this, these perfect beings, you know, that I don't know that we would need, our soul would need to go through these experiences that we have right. when we're here on Earth. Well, I look at nature. Mm -hmm. I don't find very much imbalance in nature, except mm. now man-made. Right. But we're not... No, well, our soul is perfect. Yes, in that sense, our soul is perfect. Okay. I see what you mean, yes. Of course, I don't believe that we're broken. I don't believe that we're that we're imperfect. But we have we we come here to to learn. Like our soul's journey is um, is so vast and unfathomable. So unless we are coming in as the Magdalene, you know, incarnate, there's very few souls who came who didn't have to do that work. Jesus and the Magdalene and Mary being three um, that I can, you know, that I have more experience of. And that's a very rare thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that he, that they were the most powerful right at that changeover point from mm -hmm. what was before the 2,000 years before Jesus and then after death. That's what we're in right now, right. 2000 AD. Right. It was right at that changeover period. Yeah. And it's coming back So now. maybe they were different. It is coming back now. Mm -hmm. um, so I've done a little bit of your book. Mm -hmm. And I, the graphics of your book is just beyond gorgeous. And, and so, for me, so perfectly designs where I want to go. <laughs> in my own, you know, journey into femininity. And so, as a medicine woman, how do you get from all these energies to to feeling like you're in a good place every single day? Gosh, well, sometimes I don't. <laughs> okay. Thank God. <laughs> I'm human. Okay. <laughs> like, let's say you miss your morning ritual. Yeah. I tune back into my medicine and I have a very strong sense of what that essence is and I can visualize it and feel it and really um, it's become easier to embody it as I go along because it's an energy I can just tap into. Sometimes it's accompanied by visuals, there are certain visuals and things that I see that are great, oh, that's my essence, you know, and it, and it can be the ocean, is it like salty ocean, is it like the smell of roses, is it like um, 
magical creeping ivy with golden threads, but I can go back to that place and just really feel that I'm coming back to myself. And that gives me the projection out that, yeah, that, that helps me magnetize, you know, just be steady and magnetize what, what I need. So you have a very clear vision after you've done whatever rituals you can do mm -hmm. as to what you want to magnetize to yourself. Mm -hmm. Is it a daily thing or are you working on weekly or mm -hmm. monthly? Like, right. I don't know, do oh, you categorize see. them? Yeah, no, well, I mean, in terms of me feeling better every day without mm -hmm. the ritual, yeah. um, I was saying that I can tune into my medicine now without sitting in, without actually doing a ritual. Okay. I can just be like, okay, this is the essence of who I am and where I'm going. But in terms of doing the magnetizing, that is, um, that is a visualization, a meditation. And some days I work with the, the grandmother spider, sometimes I work with the Merkaba energy, um, different, that's where I'm pulling from different realms. Okay. So do you ever utilize this to shift your frequency and check it? Do you do like a checks and balances types of thing? Oh yeah, like you're energy like, accounting? Or yeah, like that? how am I feeling? And then depending on how you're feeling, I don't know. I do it when I drive into a parking lot. I check my energy and so I'm like, okay, where's my spot? Yeah. And then I, I visualize how strong I am based on where the spot <laughs> Happens. It's amazing. No, I love this. But this is this is magic. Yeah, this is magic. I believe that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I mean, you pulled. Let's just say you pulled the Rhiannon card, and she is one of the most powerful magicians, sorceresses, and um, so yeah, like tapping into that goddess or mm -hmm. that wholeness or mm -hmm. that whatever it it ultimately maybe called what do you do to sort of check to see yeah. what the truth is yes maybe yes absolutely oh, there's um a couple of things one is i can check in with my uh, chakras and see and sort of scan them and feel where my energy is in each one and then i might like dial in or out for sort of to protect or to expand in that area and that's a more sort of logical masculine way of going about it the more feminine part of me goes through a really a, like a visceral feeling in my body so i work with my intuition and any sensation in my body so when you working with my pleasure and working with the connection with my own body and connection to this orgasmic life force makes it so that when I have to decide on the vanilla ice cream or the chocolate ice cream, I can really feel in my body which one I prefer. I can really feel my desire. I can really feel what I'm leaning into versus pushing away from. And it's very, very subtle but that is the gift of being more awake now compared to how numb I felt for many years I wasn't able 
to do that. And now it's about knowing with pinpoint precision what feels good and what feels slightly off. And I use that for everything I do in life. And do you feel confirmed once you're in that place? Is there something that happens? Yes, I feel good. Okay. It's, the, the confirmation is if it feels good, it is good. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty simple. <laughs> that's how my teacher told me. Okay. Um, if it feels good, it is good. Okay. And to really trust that. And, and it's just incredible how as women, we don't think about that. We're constantly overriding, constantly overriding. And if we live in a world where we literally just do what feels good, um, just because ultimately that's our truth, uh, then that just really helps us and helps everyone around us. Because it's not just for us, it is really just it helps everyone stay in flow of what's what's meant to happen. Mm of how we're all supposed to fit in around each other and do our work. Gosh, that does sound so balanced. Grounded and balanced. (laughs) Coming from, I'm always looking for more. I have a highly um, inquisitive mind. So I I need like constant stimulation. So Mm. those games that I play, like the parking places and, and like I'll think of someone and if they call me, I'll be like, okay, I've done, I've done the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that you are so grounded and just so simple and balanced of feeling into how you feel. That's so in the body, right? And yeah. not in the mind. And I think that, especially in our day and age, so many people, like computers, it's a total mind labyrinth. Yeah, <laughs> that cell phones, they're, they're mind things, they're, yeah. they're those feedbacks. Kind of activating the mind. Yes, energy. but then you are so well, you can poignantly. Think, you can think about it, again, from the womb perspective, mm. as bringing all the energy from your third, down to, your third eye down to your womb when you need it. So this is, the third eye is the center of awakening. I'm learning to use it more now than mm. I used to, but there's also an oracle in your womb um, that is the the feeling oracle the the deeper feminine knowing and I love to navigate the world from that place wow that's very powerful mm. very powerful <laughs> I love that um, so what you've shared a lot of the exercises I have to say <laughs> with us that are, are from your book but what ultimately do you think is the best chapter in this book for someone, you know, to get started with? Is this, this is on your website as well. The link to the book is on the website um, and a few writings that describe, that describe my work that have some meditations in them are on the website too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for people to get their feet wet, let's Mm -hmm. say. I would begin with, well, I see it like this. The three main components that I love to work with are earth energy, the womb, and orgasmic energy. The reason for that being working with inner alchemy really has three elements to it. And the first is you need a container. In this case, it's the earth that keeps you safe and your body. And then you want something to transform 
which is normally, let's imagine, some negative energy that may be within your womb, and then the fire, the heat that transforms it, which is orgasmic force, exactly, orgasmic life energy. And so these three elements are just the essential basics to get started, connecting to the earth and connecting to the womb, and then beginning to bring up the energy that you want to transform. The earth is really important because without feeling safe or nourished, without feeling centered, it's very, very difficult to go into the womb areas by ourselves. So I always begin with an earth meditation every time that I work with a woman within the, the womb space. Because to just go in like that feels quite abrasive. Mm. You know, it's, it can be intense and so that's why I often say to women, just a couple of minutes a day, just hold your womb and, and ask her how she's doing. Is there a difference between someone who has been abused and just someone who has, maybe someone who has not been abused mm, yeah. physically? Is there yes. a protocol that is a little bit more gentle, perhaps? Mm. Or Well, um, I would just begin with a lot of grounding, a lot of earth energy, a lot of nourishment from that mother energy that goes beyond whatever relationship we may have had with our own mothers to really connect with that fundamental goodness and a lot of support to get to the sexual trauma. I would say containers have been really important in my life in order to get to those places, those particularly traumatic places. So um, I would say if you're dealing with something that that maybe goes that deep, look for um, someone who can hold the container for you or with you. Such as a healer? Yes. Or, okay. Yes, yes. And potentially not just skipping in and out with one session or one workshop, but really working with someone who can, uh, who can hold that space for you so that you can really go into those deeper places and then really miracles can happen and really you are your own healer it it really is going to come all from you and your relationship and your own healing with your womb space yes especially in our day and age now where autoimmune diseases are so prevalent and cancer breast mm. cancer that's part of it i think and then you know cervical yeah. cancer so this is equally good for women who have been raped, right? Mm -hmm. Women who have been molested. Do you do that as a practice? Um, are you, do you accompany? I do, well that's where I have my, yeah, where I have my one-on-one -on -one clients. So and, you do that. Um, and there I suggest longer containers, really anywhere between three to six months um, to really go in and transform I, hate, I would, I, let's say I would dislike with womb work just doing one session and then someone having opened up, you know, all of this information and insight and, and just letting them go. I, I really believe the womb has that, needs that time to digest and just like we just state. And so in that rebirth, it takes time and patience and um, and just allowing the, the womb to heal in its own time. 
I love when you did the circle, how you called upon all of the energies mm -hmm. and then you let the circle stay open and then you closed it. I felt that that was so, just the bookend of that, the beginning and the end, I think it's so, it's so sacred for the body. And it reminds me of what you're talking about, having, you know, someone accompany mm -hmm. someone. I know a lot of women who have been raped and it's, it's so sacred and it, it is to be kept sacred and not brushed over like that we have to stay strong right yeah or this is like deep work that we're talking yeah. about not yeah. something that is meant to be played with in any way no and not that it's serious but that it's you know right it's dark so mm -hmm. yeah to be to be mindful yeah i guess well, word. this this portion of it is, in a way, you're going into the dark, the darker parts of the feminine subconscious, um, which is also part of the goddess, the chaos, the the life death, the the deep deep magic is often in the, this void and um, blackness, this velvet blackness. It's often referred to as, and so that this part is very deep, and for some people, it really is a necessity to go into those places in order to come up more powerful. So you go in, you you really work through it and drop something off and then you come up much more powerful. So that's where women find their power when they're willing to go into these deep places. And it's not for everyone. So womb work when done with this intention is, it doesn't feel approachable to everyone, let's okay. say. It doesn't feel like that much fun. <laughs> like when you're thinking about it in the future yeah. or when you're doing it? When you're, well, I mean, when you're doing it, it actually doesn't sound, it's it's not as bad as, as we're making it out to be now. Okay. It's not like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, it's not like so incredibly, it can be painful, but um, I think it's actually very magical and moving the energies feels really good. Um but it's just not one of those practices that, that people are sort of lining up. Right. You know, gotcha. lining up at the door. We can't wait to do this. You know, I mean, women sort of come to it <laughs> in their own time. You know. Is there something that they can look for maybe? Like a lot of women actually, feminine doctors, are getting from, you know, they're going from whatever medicine they've studied at, university and at medical school and then they're sort of shifting their practices now I'm hearing more and more of women getting into the intuitive listening mm. and shifting I believe that any physical attribute is somehow linked to a mental block uh, mm -hmm. or stagnation of sorts do you know of any physical sort of signs or where the womb wants to do the work yeah but maybe the the mind doesn't let's right. say well i would say that all physical manifestations like they can be anything from an irregular moon cycle to um ovarian cysts to all of infertility these are all parts of the soul's journey yeah that the that are, I think, coming from the womb. The womb really wants to be heard there. And it can be part of your integration with the feminine, coming back to a fertile, abundant place. It can have a lot to do with womb healing. Um, 
there's a lot of womb, I mean womb healing is very energetic and um, a lot of people still don't know what womb healing is. I mean they think that I'm, if I'm a womb healer I'm going to show up with, you know, herbs and um, <laughs> doing all these amazing, you know, um, concoctions. Yes, concoctions and womb bindings and womb <laughs> massages which are all so amazing and I don't do any of those. I mean I, I work energetically. Um, so people have a difficult time understanding what womb healing is, but I'm working with this deep feminine subconscious and with the shamanic landscape of the womb. And when I say shamanic, because some people have difficulty with that word, with all the talk of cultural appropriation, I really want to emphasize that I'm talking about a kind of feminine shamanism that was really present in pre-pagan society. We're going really, really way back to the roots of energy work and connection with the goddess. And there was a lot of that going on in the Mediterranean and Italy and the areas where I'm from. And so I feel that that's what I connect to most. Beautiful. I feel so complete and I have so much, so many more questions, of course, I'm, I'm ever, ever interested, but I want to thank you from the top and the bottom of my heart and down into my womb for joining me and, and teaching us about this sacred, profound, new, perhaps, option that we have for healing because I think somewhere inside we want this we want healing all of us on some level even if we've gone really far over to the masculine side um so this is just such a gift and your book is bound to be highly coveted once a woman gets it so thank you for joining me thank you so much Vanessa I am forever grateful to Carlotta for sharing her wisdom with us. And if you'd like to look further into all of her offerings, you can go to findyourmedicine.com. Thank you so much, Carlotta. And thank you to you, the listeners of my podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them below, or else you can come and find me and my offerings at yogivanessa.com. Have a beautiful day.